What's up, folks? Welcome to another edition of Matt Sports House. I'm your host, Matthew Anderson. This is like a bonus episode. It's not really on schedule, but there was just so much news going on right now in the sporting world. I felt the need to drop an episode, just kind of update you. This is a football episode, uh, not a basketball. I know March Madness is about to come up. I know the ACC, SEC, Big Ten, and all the different tournaments are going on, but I, this is a football pad, podcast. I cannot reiterate this enough to you. So, without further ado, welcome to my sports house. Open up the champagne, pop. It's my house, come on, turn it up. Uh. Hear a knock on the door and the night begins. Cause we've done this before, so you come on in. Make yourself at my home, tell me where you All right, so hopefully you all been following the Instagram account, Matt Sports House. That's the, the S after Matt's and then the S that going to Sports House. Follow the account. Um... Make sure, and I'll follow that guy, so no worries there. But anyway, the way I've been posting a lot about Trey Lance, who was the, was the quarterback from North Dakota State. He had his pro day on Friday, and uh, I've been really high on him as of lately. He's been working out with our guy, Quincy Avery. I'm going to have him on the podcast at some point. I'm going to go ahead and manifest that. He's the quarterback's coach, Deshaun Watson, Dwayne Haskins, Justin Fields, et cetera, et cetera. But Trey Lance has been working with him ever since they North Dakota State had that one game this season. Uh, just kind of for him. And just want to talk about his pro day that was up there in uh, North Dakota. So one thing, the takeaways from the pro day was he has a gun from an arm. You've kind of already seen that on film, but like now you got to see it again at the pro day. The ball just kind of jumps off his hand, like almost like a baseball player. Uh, he throws with great touch, and you could tell him and Quincy have been working a lot on his footwork, and that has helped a lot with his accuracy. Just some, you know, something as a quarterback you always try to uh, get a little bit better at. He's a big guy, 6'4", 226, definitely fits that mode of like the Justin Fields type bigger quarterback and like solid guy too, probably not as, uh, uh, not because you have the big guys like Deshaun who are like tall but a little bit skinnier. This guy just more so is a big guy. Uh, he does a great job of taking care of the ball. Well, he did at North Dakota State. He In that year that they won the national championship, the FCS, he had 42 touchdowns with zero interceptions. And like, and he was the FCS championship game MVP. He started 16 games in his college career, and a lot of times, what you'll have with a guy who's on who hasn't started like for three or four years, excuse me, the knock will be that he might he just has not played enough ball to like find the answer that you will find from the different defensive schemes. But that North Dakota State, which is the same school Carson Wentz went to, it's a little bit different. They asked their quarterbacks to find out, to figure out the protections based on the defenses. He's given half of the concept sometimes, and told to figure out what the what the team should do on the backside, what the offensive team should be doing on the backside. And on Friday nights, heading into the games on Saturdays, he's asked to lead the offensive pass game meetings. So he's probably about as well prepared as a college as a college quarterback prospect. Uh, heading into NFL as you could possibly be. So I think I think he's probably going to be one of the guys that will be most ready to go off of day one. Like that is major leading the – because usually, you know, you have the offensive coordinator, maybe the quarterback's coach helping. But, no, he leads the offensive pass game meetings. And so, therefore, you know he's doing his studying throughout the week to be prepared. And I guess that shows with the national championship. 
Now, one thing I thought that Quincy Avery did a really good job of was that he made a script. Him and uh, Trey worked hand-in-hand to make a script based off of what the teams that need a quarterback would potentially be looking for uh, in the draft out of, out of a quarterback to be the leader of their franchise. And so they made their script based off of that. You should go check out the, the Pro Day if you want to. I'm pretty sure it's on YouTube. One thing I found interesting was that the Bears had a lot of personnel there. That I think the you we know the Falcons and the Panthers are looking for quarterbacks for the future. So it'd be really interesting to figure out which team decides to uh, jump on Trey Lance. I'm almost for sure he'll be gone within the top ten picks. But we're gonna keep talking about quarterbacks here, where Zach Zach Wilson has been getting a lot of uh, praise. I guess you could say I'm a big Zach Wilson fan, but I'm not taking him over Justin Fields or the Trey. I'm not taking him over Justin Fields. And that's where I've been seeing the most slander. I think he could be do really well to be in a situation like Patrick Mahomes where he gets to come in for a year and just sit and watch and then be ready to go. But, yeah, they, they, but they've been putting a lot of praise on his name. Zach Wilson comes out of BYU. I was actually on him early last season. And he, and, but after watching him lose at Coastal Carolina and watching like Justin Fields go play in the Big Ten, and having to only lose two games in his career in the Big Ten, that's major. And so that's why I just can't put Zach Wilson over him. But we'll see where he ends up going. You've been hearing a lot of people saying maybe Atlanta uh, getting him. And speaking of Justin, though, Quincy definitely cleared up like something on one of the podcasts he was on recently. Uh, the, one of the reasons that, because a lot of the slander going on Justin Fields right now is that he holds the ball too long, but Quincy explained that in Ryan Day's offensive scheme, Ryan Day's the head coach at Ohio State, but he kind of, is his scheme, and he has an offensive coordinator that kind of helps him, uh, help the players kind of get through it, I guess you could say, and call the plays, obviously. But they trust so much in the in their ability to scheme guys open that they kind of at times tell Justin, like, no, trust, they'll be there. So maybe he does stay on a read a little bit longer or or on the first man on that's going out on route. But that's because he's been coached that that guy's going to give open, just give it time for some things to clear. So it's more of a trusted system type of uh, offense as opposed to go through all of your reads every single time. And also people have been saying that he doesn't, he maybe he doesn't have arm strength. First of all, it's been proven in the NFL that arm strength is not everything. Because if you have good timing and anticipation, arm strength is not even that necessary. I think they've said guys like Tom Brady don't even have the best arm strength. They just have really good uh, anticipation. And but also that's one of Justin Fields' strengths, and you really got to see that against Clemson with all the bombs that were being thrown. So as you can tell, I'm a huge Justin Fields fan. Go Buckeyes. Really looking forward to see who brings the team out of the uh, tunnel next year. I'm really looking forward to that Ohio State Oregon game. I do plan to be there. That would be in Ohio at Ohio State Stadium, and also definitely I'm looking forward to Clemson Georgia. Hopefully, I will be there. That will be in Charlotte at the Bank of America Stadium. I'm pretty sure that will be on Labor Day. So definitely looking forward to catching those games. Um, gonna keep going to Trevor Lawrence. I think we all know we've seen his pro day a couple weeks back. He's had surgery on that labrum. He's he is expected to be back for training camp, but I'm pretty sure Urban Meyer is going to get him. Uh, Urban Meyer's been speaking highly on Trevor ever since last year. Whenever Trevor took when Clemson was playing Ohio State and Trevor took that big hit and ended up coming back in the game and kind of put, piecing the, the win together for his team. And Urban Meyer's been on him since then. As a matter of fact, at the Clemson Pro Day, he was standing side-by-side of Dabble Sweeney, side-by-side <laughs> side of Dabble Sweeney, just talking him through the workout. And you know that those two had probably been talking, like, for weeks ahead of time. So, and it was really cool how that whole thing, I was reading an article on it, how the whole thing came together with Trevor Lawrence doing his Pro Day early. 
was because basically Urban Meyer was like, hey, Trevor, if you, you don't have to, but I mean, if you want to, some of my staff would like to see you throw. And Trevor's like, let's put it together. And it's like the whole college football world appreciate it because Trevor didn't have to do the pro day. We've all seen that what he can do at, at Clemson. And they everybody thinks, I think Urban said it best. He said, if God put together, and this is his opinion, if God put together, was like, you know, I want a quarterback, he put one together, he looked like Trevor Lawrence. I'm not all the way on there. I'm not as big of a Trevor fan if I was Deshaun. Trevor, uh, Trevor's probably my third, personally, probably about my third or fourth favorite quarterback coming out in this draft. But you can't deny his talent. He's an incredible talent. And so he'll probably be going number one to Jacksonville and see what they can get going out there in Florida. Now we got to talk about the DK, Darion Kendrick. Uh, he's the Clemson cornerback. I think that a lot of you all saw he was an all-ACC corner that was dismissed from the team. I think Dabble said something along the lines of sometimes it's time for like a change of scenery or, in a, or, or a move into a different direction. Well, and he, this guy is from South Point High School. We actually played them in the playoffs, as a matter of fact. I think he was a quarterback for the team at that time. But anyway, the news has, did get worse. He was arrested Friday morning in Rock Hill, South Carolina, which is hometown, which is his hometown, and was found by Rock Hill patrol officers around 3 a.m. asleep in a car with a gun resting in his lap and also had a simple... He was also cited for a simple possession of marijuana prior to being arrested. So before that happened, I was thinking, okay, one of these SEC programs might go get him out of the transfer portal and he'd be their guy because he's a really good cornerback. He's all the athleticism in the world, was a five-star prospect. But now I'm thinking he might end up going. I was talking to one of my guys. Y'all know him, Raekwon Niles, and he thinks that he might, excuse me, end up going to the FCS maybe. I still could see a program like Tennessee taking him. So between him and Bryce Thompson, that'd be amazing. But one of those programs that don't mind getting guys that have had a little bit of problems or something like that. But hopefully Darion gets that kind of figured out and whatever the situation is, and uh, we'll see what happens next. But definitely wouldn't be surprised because y'all know how it goes in sports. If you can produce at a high level, we'll, we'll kind of take whatever baggage that kind of comes with you. Now we're going to kind of go back to Clemson, South Carolina, um, definitely was talking about this pro day a little bit more. Had a lot of talent out there. The Travis Etienne was out there doing what he does best. I think he's going to be a great pro. Although he has had a high usage at Clemson, he has, but luckily, you know, they've kind of ran over most teams. You, you usually pretty much every weekend have been able to watch Travis Etienne go off for like 90 yard runs and usually not play past like the third quarter, if you will. But I think Cornell Powell, which is one of their receivers who came in, what was that? The class of 2016, and had some problems while at Clemson, but he really showed out this year at 53 catches, 882 yards, and seven touchdowns. He's from Greenville, North Carolina. I think he was a, he probably, I'm pretty sure he was a four-star coming out of college, but I mean, coming out of high school. But I think he's a sneaky pickup in the draft. He really did his best, and I wanted to emphasize this. He really played his best this year whenever in the biggest games. So against Notre Dame in the first matchup, he had six catches for 161 yards and one touchdown against Pitt he had which is not really a big game but he had six catches for 176 yards and a touchdown and against Ohio State he had and he made he made Sean Wade look a little bit silly I'm not gonna lie to you in the in the what was that the playoff game yeah in the playoff game he had eight receptions for 139 yards and two touchdowns so I think he'll be a great pickup for an organization also they have Amari Rodgers who played in the slot at Clemson. He played on the outside a little bit, but played in the slot, overcame a torn ACL, which is really good whenever you're looking for a prospect to see if they can respond to adversity. 
my thoughts are if a Hunter Renfro can come in and no slight, because I'm a big Hunter Renfro fan, if he can come in and dominate, not dominate the league, but definitely hold his own, I fully expect Amari Rogers to be able to do that. And as a matter of fact, Amari Rogers' dad at one point was the Southern Cal offensive coordinator, wide receivers coach, one of the two. So, you know, he's grown up around football, went to Knoxville Catholic High School, excelled his whole entire time at Clemson, great work ethic, things like that. So I definitely expect some team to pick him up. I don't know about the first round, but I think the first three, maybe four, just depends how good the wide receivers class is. And uh, I think he'll be an addition, if nothing else, in the special teams uh, area. We're going to keep moving to, I guess, Columbia, South Carolina. It's reported J.C. Horn ran a 4-3-9. Uh, you know, everybody, they haven't had the NFL combine, so guys have been having, like, their, not not their pro days, but J.C. Horn will have the pro day at USC, I'm sure, the University of South Carolina, but at wherever they've been training at, and he ran a 4-3-9. There's a lot of noise about where he ends up landing as far as uh, NFL organization. We're hearing that Gilmore might have, Stephon Gilmore, might have spent his last days with the Patriots, so maybe they go get J.C., who knows. Um, but most people are thinking the scouting report on him is that once he gets your, his hands on you, you're done, and he's definitely has a first-round grade as a cornerback, so we will see what happens with him. We're going to switch gears here to the NFL, Deshaun Watson. This whole saga, I think somebody even asked it. Somebody asked, it was like, is this being recorded right now? Is this being filmed about what's happening now? Because it'll make for a great documentary. David Culley, the new head coach of the Houston Texans, went on to say that Deshaun Watson is a Houston Texan and we are committed to him. So it does not seem like they are looking to let him go. I really, like, I know it's not this simple, but I think it, it could all be so simple. Saying Deshaun to Seattle because Russell Wilson wants out and well, he hasn't demanded a trade, but it's kind of like, hey, there are four teams I would like to go to if y'all let me go. So I think he's open to leaving. And he's apparently even coming out that Russell Wilson stormed out of a meeting at one point throughout this year. And it's so crazy because Russell Wilson is so even killed after every game. He's like, go Hawks. And like, you would never know anything was going wrong. But we'll talk about him more later. But I would love for Deshaun and him to switch. He gets to come to Houston. Deshaun gets to go to Seattle. But uh, Russell Wilson has a list of teams that he is going, he he's willing to go to, and he just like Deshaun have a no trade clause, which means a team cannot trade him unless it's in an organization that he approves of. We will talk about Russell Wilson a little bit more, but we're going to see Deshaun Watson where he ends up going. Y'all know I'm a huge Deshaun Watson fan, so wherever he goes, I will be buying the fan apparel. I just need to know which team site to go on. So we're going to go to Cam Newton. I got a little bit of details here about Cam Newton. He has re-signed with the Patriots for a one-year deal that is close to $14 million. Uh, it's $13.6 million to be specific in his return to New England. For a little bit more in-depth about the contract, it had a $2 million signing bonus, a $1.5 million base, which is fully guaranteed, $1.5 million in pregame roster bonuses, $100,000 in workout bonuses to show up and $8.5 million in incentives, which is a high incentive-based contract. Uh, incentives include playtime, play uh, playoffs, Pro Bowl, All-Pro, Super Bowl MVP, things of that nature. So it's basically prove it to us, and then we'll give you the money as you do it. Cam, if you all have not listened to the I Am Athlete podcast, there's a podcast for it, and then there's, they're on YouTube too with, the Cam Newton on it, with, with Cam Newton on it. Make sure you go tune into it. It was a great one. Cam talked about his time with Florida, at Florida, uh, with guys. He even talked about Aaron Hernandez and those experiences and just a lot of stuff that Cam Newton really broke down. One thing that he said that stuck with me was with him being on the sidelines 
at Florida during those times with how important Percy Harvin was to Tim Tebow's legacy. I remember watching Percy Harvin at Florida, but he was basically, I think he even said it. He's like, there is no Tim Tebow without Percy Harvin. And he used to talk about how the coaches were, and he talked about on the episode how the coaches were drawing up plays against LSU for Percy Harvin to run, and Percy just goes and does it, and it's successful. And the thing you have to think about that is that's not like a scrub team. That's against the best of the best at LSU. So he talked about that in a lot of his career. And then I wanted to make sure I emphasize this. From what Quincy Avery said, who, like I said, is a quarterback guru, he said that Cam is one of these guys that has to do the work every single day. And then so it's like a, almost like a, a, a guy of habit. So if he puts in the work every single day, he'll be fine. So whenever we saw him play against Seattle Seahawks, the Seattle Seahawks early in the season, we saw Cam Newton, who was in motion, who had been working really hard in the offseason, et cetera, et cetera. What ended up happening, though, was whenever he got COVID, that kind of messed him up and he wasn't able to regain it, regain kind of like his momentum. And then he felt as if the team was kind of ahead of him. So he was playing catch up and it didn't work out. But we're going to see what happens this year. But I definitely suggest you all for more in depth. It was a great interview. I was supposed to be studying for something during that time. And I had to just put up the stuff I was supposed to be studying for because like the Cam Newton just gave us so much perspective of who he is and understand the situation. And I am actually just a great thing to listen to. Brandon Marshall, Chad Johnson, Fred Taylor, and all the other guys. So make sure you go tune into that. A couple more things to talk about here. Definitely want to uh, emphasize that Tom Brady did get his extension. The Tom Brady reached agreement with the Buccaneers on a four-year contract extension that voids to a one that voids to a one-year extension that locks him into Tampa through the 2022 season. So Brady is not going anywhere. Back to Russell Wilson, how I said before, he the four teams that he said that he would willingly go to were the Chicago Bears, the Dallas Cowboys, the Las Vegas Raiders, and the New Orleans Saints. I'm hearing that the Bears are going to make a really big push for him to get him there because Russell Wilson is a, and not only is he a, how do I want to say this? Russell Wilson is a first ballot Hall of Famer. So if you can get him into the organization, you try to move heaven and earth to get him there. I guess... Because Dak Prescott signed his four-year, $60 million contract, the Dallas Cowboys are, although they were on Russell Wilson's list, that's just not happening. So now the only three teams available are the Bears, the Raiders, and the Saints. And so it'll be interesting to see if Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson move in their separate directions and Russell Wilson gets to the Bears. But the Bears really want him. So I, I would love that move for him, just to see him in like in a new city, another main market, I guess. Because Seattle's a main market, but for technology. Chicago is like, you know, that's just one of those regular main markets. So definitely something to look forward to seeing. Maybe he could bring the Bears a championship, you know, be like uh, bring Chicago a championship, kind of be like the reiteration of Jordan, I guess, if you will, just in a different sport. Now, one thing I did find that, that was kind of crazy was we saw in the Super Bowl what the Chiefs looked like without those offensive tackles. And now both of them have been let go. Eric Fisher, specifically, who was a former first-round pick, was let go because he, I think he has an Achilles injury, and they don't know if he'll be back available for the start of the season. And the amount of money he would require on the cap, they can't just have that being dead money. So they let him and the other tackle go. So for Patrick Mahomes, your life just got that much harder because now you don't even have that protection. Now, every team cannot bring pressure like Tampa Bay did. So that is one thing to consider. But with that being said, all these teams that they play will be studying that Tampa Bay film and be prepared for the Chiefs when they play. So Patrick Mahomes, if he's probably really going to be working on that mobility. I'm sure as he always does at APEC, which is then Texas, is where he trains uh, under Bobby Stroop, if I'm not mistaken. That guy's name is. But anyway, 
And he, he I'm sure he'll be working that mobility because he's gonna be able he's gonna have to throw be able to throw on the run as if he already does, but probably just under a lot more pressure, more so like what we saw in the Super Bowl. And then last but not least, Hall of Famer Deion Sanders and Jackson in the in the Jackson. I can't even think their mascara at night. But anyway, Jackson State are still undefeated. They play Mississippi Valley State today at 3 p.m. And a lot of you don't know, Mississippi Valley State is where Jerry Rice went to school. So, you guys, that's a lot of information. But like I said, I could not have all this information be going on in sports and me just kind of still be dormant. So I had to drop it all there for you. Make sure you, like I said, please, y'all, go listen to that Cam Newton interview. It was one of the best ones I've heard yet and really brought some perspective of who Cam is and some of his business ventures and just who he is as a person. Like, I want another one of my favorite clips of the interview was whenever they were like, Cam, so you thinking about retirement? And he looks at them and he goes, y'all know I can't go out like that. And I'm like, all right, that's great, man. That's that confidence to, to let you know he still has it that we've seen since he, he jumped on the scene at uh, well, I guess the people in Georgia seen him in high school, but what we first saw at Auburn when he took the country, he took the college football world by storm. So really looking forward to see what Cam Newton can continue to do in New England with the whole off season of training. But like I said, that's all I have for y'all. Make sure that y'all go check out this thing. I'm a part of the Sportscasters Network. Those guys that do their own podcast from Jalen, Chris to Malcolm, they talk about the different, they talk about basketball and all other uh, realms of sports. So make sure you go check those guys out, Sportscasters Network. That's what it's called once again. And uh, that's all I have for you all today. Peace. Thought the money make you happy, it don't make you different. I start to see that shit myself when I got a couple million. Roll through the mud, I can't lie, seen too much real. Steppers outside, they're squeezing bust. I told my brother, had some patience and your day'll come. Now he's sitting in the county jail and he ain't got no bun. You can't walk inside my shoes like a sneaker punk. Overcome obstacles and they still come. I was trying to make a way out.